Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and thank you for joining me tonight on episode 17, season one of The Standoff with Brad and Sanj here on New Zealand Sport Radio. We're here live every Wednesday on Facebook throughout the season. Unfortunately, Sanj is still unable to join us, so um, I'm riding solo again. Um, Only one week left um, before what should be an exciting series, final series, so it'll be good to talk about it tonight. Now, while we're here live on Facebook on Wednesday evenings at 8 p.m., you can also catch our show via podcast on iHeartRadio at your convenience. Just remember to search for New Zealand Sport Radio. As always, we're going to cover everything you need to know in the week that was Rugby League, including the top stories of the week, a wrap-up around 19, a preview around 20, and news on Rugby League from around the world, including the women's game. So let's get into the top stories of the week. Uh, Number one for me is the Warriors announcing the signing of Adam Fanua Blake on a three-year deal. I think, in my opinion, it's a great signing. Um, This year he was named by... uh, current players as the best front rower in the game. And um, I think the biggest issue people have said is his he's got a bit of an attitude problem at times. So as long as he comes here with the right attitude, I think he's going to add a lot to the side and definitely turns the side into a playoff contending side for next year. Um, so, yeah, be interesting to see some more details on that. I know the Warriors are looking at getting some more players also. Um, we're still just waiting to see who they are, what positions they're going to be, but it should be interesting time in the offseason. Next on the, the news agenda is the NRL is actually starting the process of a business restructure. They've estimated 25% of the staff are going to be let go after they've lost an estimated $130 million this year um, due to COVID. It's sad to see anyone lose their job, but um, you kind of saw it coming with the new CEO, Andrew Abdo, announcing that they were going to cut costs by $50 million a year. Um, so it sucks for those people. There's a lot of people that love the game that are going to be looking for jobs somewhere. Um, perhaps maybe some of them might find jobs within clubs. Uh, interesting to see what will happen, but um, they need to try to make some money back. So it's a necessary evil, unfortunately. Speaking of money, Ricky Stewart's been fined $10,000 for comments about referees after the Raiders win against the Warriors. Uh, kind of saw it coming. He kind of went off the handle in the post, post-match post comments and um, basically said that it doesn't matter what you say because the refs are still going to get it wrong. And I agree and disagree at parts. Um, I think the refs weren't that bad for the Raiders in, in that matchup that we're going to talk about a bit later. But, yeah, there's a lot of issues with referees and um, – Maybe it's worth getting a bit of a fine to um, to get the ball rolling, really, and try to get some changes. And speaking of changes, after that, um, the NRL have um, announced they're going to trial four new rules in the Broncos versus Cowboys game and the Warriors-Eagles game this week. Uh, the four rules I've got here, they're going to have forward-only scrums. So generally, when a scrum sit down, the closest players just jump in to get the game going. That's not allowed to happen anymore. 
you have to be a forward if you're an interchange player you can only go in if you've replaced a forward um they haven't really explained why they're going to do that but it's going to be interesting to see how it goes it could slow the game down a bit which is kind of opposite of what they're trying to achieve um they've also included that they're going to have a handover rather than a scrum for kicks into touch they're also going to use the six again rule for 10 meter infringements where previously it was penalties and the last one is the bunker the bunker is actually going to review tries while the goal kicker is preparing for the conversion this is in theory meant to aid um, tries not being sent up to the bunker every time a try scored um, just to try to get a bit more of a, a free-flowing game going next up on my news is 29 players have been rested this round by teams preparing for the finals football uh, the storm are resting 12 players and the raiders are resting nine um, a lot of people are complaining about it saying it's kind of going to make the the last season um or the last game of the the season um a bit lackluster with so many guys that haven't played football for a while going out but i can see the point of view from the teams that are going to play finals there's been no buys this year they need to rest their players we've seen the injury count rise this year so i guess they just don't want to risk any of their their top names going out one week before finals start and then the last bit of news is a bit interesting the Redcliffe dolphins are ready to place a bid to be brisbane's second team um, there's a strong club culture with the club. They've just um, opened up a new stand in their stadium and have state-of-the-art facilities, and they reckon they're ready to go to become an NRL team. It's interesting because they've actually got an agreement um, with the Warriors as a feeder club. So I'm not sure what that's going to mean for their future if Redcliffe get the nod. Um but on the positive note, if the Warriors are stuck in Australia next year, they've at least got uh, NRL level set up at Redcliffe to um, stay in. So that's a, a positive. So that's really all I had on the news. So let's just crack into round um, 19, starting with Thursday's game, which was the Bulldogs beating the Rabbitohs 26 to 16. This was my upset of the round. I did not see it coming. Um, Bulldogs came out strong. Uh, they got up to a 20 0 lead in the first 30 minutes and held on to finally get themselves off the bottom of the ladder. Um, there was a bit of referee controversy uh, both sides, really. Um, the first one was Jaden Sewer for the Rabbitohs, got Simbin for a high shot on Lachlan Lewis. Uh, watching the replay, I think it was still okay and shouldn't have been worth a Simbin. Um, and the Bulldogs actually scored twice while he was off. I think it was, yeah, it was a bit unfair. Um, but what's done is done, I guess. Um, I know Phil Gould came out during the week and said, are we getting to the point now where if someone gets injured in a tackle, it's an automatic penalty for the other side? Um, but unfair. But, yeah, I guess we just got to wait and see if this is going to become an ongoing trend. The Rabbitohs did get a bit of luck their way, as I said, with the Rabbitohs. Um, Jackson Paulo was awarded a try when he was clearly out of scoring. Um, the bunkers actually stepped in on calls. The refs got wrong and said, you've got this wrong, go back. Um, but for this this time, they didn't. Don't know why. Um, didn't, didn't end the, or It didn't affect the Bulldogs getting the win, so... They won't be too upset about it, but if that was the match-winning try and stopped the Bulldogs from winning, it'd be a completely different story. So, um, yeah, referees are always something we like to talk about because there's always something going wrong. Um, this win has been brewing with the Bulldogs for quite some time. They've been close yet so far, so often, the past, like, two months, where they're, they're almost there to get that win and then they just get snubbed out at the end. So it's good to see them finally get one. Um, for the Rabbitohs, poor discipline um, was really what affected them at the start, but thankfully the Bulldogs kind of caught that bug as well and um, allowed them a chance to get back in um, with a few penalties going going against the Bulldogs. But it was a bit too little too late. Um, damaging loss for the Rabbitohs um, heading into finals, and they're going to need to bounce back this week just to get some confidence up before they hit finals football.
Friday's first game saw the Panthers defeat the Cowboys 32-12. to uh, Another strong outing for the Panthers. Kind of rinse and repeat every week for us at the moment. That was their 14th win in a row. Um, that also secured the minor premiership for them, um, which is probably a good omen for Panthers fans because the last two times they won the minor premiership, they went all the way and took out the grand final. Uh, Viliami Kakao, he was a constant threat on the edge. And... Um, with him running rampant, the Cowboys just never had a chance. The Cowboys did welcome back Jason Tamalolo, um, but they struggled to hold on to the ball. That was their biggest issue. They ended the match with 65% completion rate, and when you're you're letting go that much ball, you're not going to win a game. Um, so there's a lot of work for Todd Payton um, when he heads to the Cowboys at the end of the season um, just to get them back to being competitive, which I think is what all Cowboys fans will want. Um the Panthers' confidence is at a at an all time high right now, and they're still um, my pick to go all the way. They just need to ensure that they don't get too overconfident and just let someone slip. The last game on Friday was the Eels defeating the Broncos, twenty six to twelve. Broncos are now sitting at the bottom of the ladder and look a shoe in for uh, the wooden spoon. Um, and they really did themselves no favours in this match. Um, the Eels were far from their best, but they did more than enough to get the job done, which is all you can really ask for. Um, I think their biggest issue in this match was they were trying too hard. Um, they seem to be trying to push it. I know there's been a lot of criticism um, on them since round 12 about their lack of ability to score points. So I think they were just, they, they saw a, a weak opposition in the Broncos and decided that now's the time to chance their arm and didn't always work, but they got enough of it over. They just need to fine tune it and um, heading into the finals. They're at least heading in the right direction. Broncos confidence at an all time low and to, in order to not get the wooden spoon, they need to beat the Cowboys this week and rely on the Bulldogs to lose to the Panthers. Um, I don't see it happening. The Bulldogs should lose to the Panthers, uh, but I don't think this Broncos team can get another win. The first game on Saturday saw the Titans defeat the Seagulls 42-24. The biggest story coming out of this match was Tom Trevojevic. He made his return um, and then injured his shoulder and is out another four weeks. I mentioned a few weeks ago that he uh, manly should not bring him back, let him have a full off season and get 100% for next year when the season actually matters. Um, that didn't happen. I know he wants to play Origin, which is probably why he got his way back in. Uh, Fittler has actually come out and said um, he's still a first pick for him in Origin, which I think is it's great for his confidence, I guess, but it's not doing his health any good. He needs a full off season to get 100% because clearly Manly have shown that without him, they can't compete. Uh, massive win uh, for the Titans, um, who have been one of my biggest surprises of the season. They're sitting at ninth right now. Uh, if the Warriors had um, won a few games and reduced Sharks' lead, there might have even been a chance the Titans could have squeaked in with the way they're playing. Um, I think the biggest difference between the sides here was the pack. Titans were just bullying Manly all over the park, and they just... Uh, the Seagulls just couldn't come back into the match. So um, I think they'll be looking forward to the, the off-season and trying to get back on track for next year. And the Titans will be looking forward to how um, how well they can do with such a, a great squad they're going to have for 2021. The The second game on Saturday saw the Storm defeat the Tigers 50-22. to uh, I mentioned it a bit last week that Storm's starting to build momentum and they showed it again here. Um, I think teams should be worried. Despite some little lapses in defence, the Storm are putting their hands up as a team that may have what it takes to beat Panthers. Cameron Smith got his 47th try and finally passed Craig Bellamy um, on the try-scoring tally. There was a little bit of a funny moment after he scored where um, Bellamy flipped him the bird. Um, some people got a bit offended by it, but I think it, it shows the relationship that they have. Um, they've been together a long time, and um, it was a bit of a laugh. Um, Storm really just went on a rampage. Um, they were almost scoring at will. The forwards were damaging, and they've got attacking threats all over the back line. 
uh, for the Tigers on their side of things, they're just not a good enough team to um, be able to to face the Storm right now. And I think their biggest issue is Benji Marshall is still their only player that's actually creating scoring opportunities. And I know they don't want him there for next year, but I don't really see anyone else that can fill that void right now for them. There's not a lot of players that they could really get um, younger to come into the squad. So I'm not really sure what they're going to do. And if it was me, I'd be reneging on that and saying, um, no, Benji, how about you just stay another year? Um, but as of now, next this week's game is going to be him and also Chris Lawrence's last game. And I expect a bit of performance out of them to um, really send these, these legends of the club out on a high. The final game on Saturday saw the Roosters defeat the Sharks 34 to 18. But like the, the Manly game where the biggest story was an injury, um, the Sharks' finals chances are in tatters right now with Sean Johnson out for the season. He ruptured his Achilles. A uh, bit heartbreaking for, for Johnson. He's had a fantastic season, and it would have been good to see him play it out. Um, the Roosters, they re they rested plenty of players. Um, James Tedesco for, for Mind. Um but they just made winning look easy again. Mitch Orbison celebrated his 303rd game by scoring two tries, so it was good to see um, a legend of the club have a good outing. Um, Roosters are the... You join the Roosters, the Panthers, and the Storm are really the only three teams in this comp that I think have a chance of winning the title. I don't think anyone else in the final series will have a shoe, have any chance of getting past these three, um, and it'll just be which which ones of those three will make the grand final um any any options between the three will be will be an exciting game to watch at least and sharks are still my pick to be the final uh, the first team out of the finals in the first week first game on sunday was the raiders defeating the warriors 26 to 14 um bit disappointing for warriors fans but they started the match strong and after the Raiders lost Jack White into the Simbin, it looked like the Warriors were going to run away with it. Um, Ricky Stewart was irate about the Simbinning call, but watching the replays, you could see White was offside. Be it an inch or a mile, offside is offside. So um, I think they got the call right there. But um, the Raiders actually scored two tries while they had um, White off the field, um, including a lucky intercept try um, that went the length of the field. And I think that was really what broke the Warriors' confidence that length of the field try. Um, one thing that was mentioned a lot on social media afterwards was the heart and determination of the Warriors. With that intercept try, there was eight Warriors chasing that guy down. They weren't going to catch him, but they forced him to go out to the edge, which meant that um, Jared Croker missed the conversion and helped keep them in the game. Um, discipline, I think, was the Raiders' biggest weakness in that first half. They were giving away silly penalties left, right, and center, including Josh Parley having a brain snap and pulling Tohu Harris's hair. Um, they managed to come back in the second half and sort out their, their discipline, and they were just too strong for the Warriors, really. Peter Hiku, he was a standout for me um, for the Warriors. He scored their only tries and looked dangerous. Um, I think with him, defenders are looking for his flick pass that he's so well known for now to get set his wingers over the edge, and um, I think that gives him a chance Um to go himself if everyone's looking for that pass instead of looking for him he's going to get a few chances where the defender's not lining up on him properly and he's going to slip through so um i think that makes him a more well-rounded attacking threat uh the raiders they lost george williams early in the first half but elliot whitehead actually stood up and had a blinder they didn't have their best game but they showed that if any team gives them a chance they're going to capitalize on it so that should give them some uh, their fans some hope in the finals uh, big thing, yet again, another injury, uh, Roger Tuivasa-Shek. Um, he injured his hammy and his season's done. Horrible way for his season to end, um, but there's so much praise needs to head his way after what he's done this season. I think he's a shoo-in for the Dalian captain of the year, and um, hopefully his injury heals up and he can enjoy a lot of well-deserved time with his family. There was some news today, actually, that the club managed to get him a ticket to fly home early um, after saying that they weren't going to be able to get him back until the whole team came back next week. He actually rejected that um, ticket and said he wanted to see out the season 
with the boys, which is just a testament to the leader he is. And um, it's also great that he confirmed that he is staying with the club next year, even if they're stuck in Australia for the whole season. So I think that's great news for for the fans and the club. And um, before we go on, I just think it was a good performance by the Warriors. They just let themselves down in that second half with some poor discipline and handling. The Warriors, along with the Titans, have been my surprise team of 2020. Uh, no, first two rounds, they looked really bad. And then after the COVID break and the second at Kearney, it looked like um, it was a perfect opportunity for them to fall apart. And they really bounced back and put in some good performances. And um, yeah, I think they're going to have a good chance of finals football next year. The key is they're going to have to keep this this newfound grip that they found this year and flow it on to next year. The final game of the round saw the Knights blow the Dragons off the park 42-18. to 18. Uh, The Knights have been a bit iffy the last couple of months, um, very up and down. And they piled on the points against the Dragons team that just looks like they clocked off for the season. Um, Knights, if they if they get a good win this week, they look set to host a finals game for the first time since 2006. I think a key difference between the sides was um, the hooker. I know the Knights have lost a lot of hookers to injury this year, but Chris Randall um, was in the spot this week and he had a stellar, stellar game. Um, his quick passing out of the ruck ensured the Knights could keep their foot down and the Dragons just struggled to keep up. Knights are still going to be huge outsiders for the finals, but if they have a few more performances like this, um, they could surprise a few teams. And uh, the Dragons, well, they were woeful. There was really only two players that stood out for me, and that was rookie Cody Ramsey and Zach Lomax. Um, they're yet another team this year that's got a lot of work to do in the offseason. They're almost another team that needs a complete rebuild, to be fair. So that's the wrap-up of round 19. Um, before we go into the questions, I'll just go over the picks. Sanjay wasn't able to give me his picks this week, so I picked for him, and he actually bet me. He got seven out of eight to my six out of eight. Um, we both got the Bulldogs game wrong, and he edged me on the Manly Titans game because he's gone for the Titans basically every round this year, so I gave him that option, and he got it right. So Running total is Sanjay's on 95 out of 128, and I'm on 100 out of 128 with a round to go. So looks like I've got the, the minor premiership in the bag here. So um, I'm happy for that. And um, Ashwin, do we have any questions before we move yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, we've got a few things that have come through into the old chat room there, so whether it's through YouTube or the Facebook comments um, section. So first of all, we've got uh, Vicky asking uh, what your thoughts are uh, you're putting your um, Nathan Brown hat on for next season. And what right. positions do the Warriors need to fill still after signing up um, Aiden Fanoa Bake? Um, I think really the biggest thing that's missing is hooker. Um, I know that they signed Wade Egan from the Panthers. He hasn't really impressed me that much. So um, there's a few good little hookers out there that I would try to to lure here. Um, he could He could end up having a blinder behind such a big pack next year, but yeah, I think that's their biggest weakness right now. Who'd you target? Who would you who would you be the pick out of the available hookers out there? I would still try to lure Brandon Smith home. Um, I know he's still got a contract, but as we've seen with Adam Fanua Blake, contracts don't really mean much anymore. Um, and if Cameron Smith decides to stick on with the Storm, he's going to want a starting gig somewhere. Yep. And basically, so we're moving on to Simon, who's asked, you know, sort of questioning the reasons around changing rules at the end of the season strange to be doing it sort of not even midway through a season but at the end of the season when you're going to be going into finals yeah i i don't know what other sports do it nrl <laughs> seem to love they love just changing the rules um at any time when they feel it's necessary and i think that's half the problem why we get so many bad calls with the refs um you just change the rules the players get it wrong the refs get it wrong and it makes it all look messy um, I think it's a bit disrespectful to throw it on the two games as well, saying these games mean nothing. Let's just try something. Yeah. Um, but we want the refs to get better, so maybe these rules will help. But, yeah, it's it's kind of a change in the off-season type of approach. Do, do you think, I mean, like, in terms, is it sort of um, not chicken and egg, but around the wrong way in terms of the fact is that I will change the rules because the refs are making mistakes? I mean, the rules are, did you feel that the rules are actually good 
and don't need changing and they really just need to upskill the officials or do the rules actually need to change? I think the rules are fine. I just think it's the, the refs that are the problem right now. Um, so, yeah, I think changing the rules is still not going to improve the refs' performance. Um, the only bad, part of it, yeah, exactly. And I think if um, the only one I like there is um, getting the bunker more involved without stopping the game. I think if that helps flow and stops the refs going up to them every time and slowing the game down, it's infuriating, especially as a Warriors fan. It seems every try they score goes up. And, um, yeah, if the bunker's already checking it when as soon as it's scored and goes, yep, that's a try, no, it's not, I think that will help. So they're looking at checking the, the try. The bunker's going to be looking at the try while the kick's being taken. How... when? How long do they take to, I mean, you know, you've got a kicker that takes five seconds. You've got a t- kicker that takes a minute. The kicker that takes five minutes, oh, we're back to halfway. The game's restarting. What, what's, what do you think the process will be? I, to be honest, I have no idea. I, I can see quite a few times where a guy's going to be lining up and the ref's going to blow a whistle and say, no, nah, it didn't score. Get jogging. Um, yeah. it'll be, it's going to be interesting. Um, so I guess they're just going to have to be fast. Um, because I think it's I think it's only ninety seconds you're allowed to take a kick, so mm. you've got to be doing it quick. And do you think, like in the other overball code, where if they suspect that they might be going upstairs to have a review, that the kicker just does a drop kick, especially if it's in front of the sticks, and they're like, oh no, yeah. the kick's gone over back to halfway. Yeah, well, I don't know. They have. I assume that if they say no, it's a try. They're going to take the kick back, even if it's successful. Unfortunately, but um, yeah, I'd try a sneaky quick one just to say no, yeah. it's already done. <laughs> right, moving on to um, Stephen, uh, who's actually our uh, league uh, news reporter in the mornings, um, asking, what do you think about, um, obviously, Fanua Blake and his temperament? Is that an issue with the signing with the Warriors there? I think it, it, it could be. He, does, he doesn't have the best track record. We, we mentioned uh, one on, on one of our earlier shows where he got fined for um, saying some, some bad things to a ref. Um, but there's, we've shown with Jazz Tavanga that a little bit of niggle um, seems to go well with the team. It's just like the temperament, just making sure he's on the right side of the fine line. Um, but, yeah, we're not going to know until he's in a jersey running around. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it is a fine line. Is You want fire in the belly, you just don't want it to boil over. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> then we've got Simon. He's sort of talking about the East Tigers in Brisbane are looking to join the NRL. What? I mean, you've mentioned, obviously, um, I forgot the name of the team, but there's obviously a team in and around Queensland that's obviously looking to be, um, join. Have you heard about the East Tigers um, in Brisbane? I've heard a little bit. Um, I think Redcliffe's the, still the stronger side and the stronger option, but um, they're all going to be putting their hand up because Peter Volandi wants a second team in Brisbane, and I guess it's going to go down to which one's going to make more money for them, I guess. Yep, yep. Was it, the, um, it was a few years ago now, going back, was it the South Queensland Crushers? Yeah. Yeah, right. So he w- wants a replacement for them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, what we got, um, just moving down here, Jordan feels that the Brisbane's deserve the wooden spoon after their off-field dramas. Yeah, definitely. I um, We've been saying it for quite a while that the Bulldogs were at the bottom, but they weren't the worst team um, and that the Broncos deserved it. Um for the Warriors, it's a little bit of a plus because it's another team that's never won the wooden spoon that's finally going to get it. So it reduces that down and it's a little feather in the cap. But, um, yeah, the Broncos have been the worst team in the NRL, so they deserve it. We'll find – I suppose – have they actually received it or they've got a chance to not receive they, it? They've got a chance, but it's it's not looking likely. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to Jordan again. And, uh, just actually, did Ricky Stewart get fined for throwing his water bottle into the crowd? No, I think he's very lucky that there's um, restrictions on the crowd. <laughs> Otherwise, he might have hit someone. I think, <laughs> I think there was no one there. Hit, hit a cardboard yeah. cutout. <laughs> exactly. Um, would have hit Osama Bilardin in the head or something. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah. Um, I think he might have got in trouble for it if there was a crowd there, but there was no one around him, so I think he got away with that one. No, right. And actually, one line, Miskus back to Simon's one of them. Doesn't think that the Panthers are actually going to go too well in the playoffs. Um, I mean, obviously, we've got one more round to go, and I'm sure you'll sort of have a look at 
how teams sit going into the finals, um, possibly next week. But um, what are you thinking in terms of the Panthers? Obviously, they've been a form team, but how how are they looking for the finals? I still think they're they're a quality side, but yeah, they don't have that playoff experience, and we've seen it with some really good teams in in the years past where they've been unstoppable. And then once you get to it, finals footy is so different that um you you don't really get a lot of second chances. So that was kind of what I pointed at with the not getting overconfident. Think they they need to be confident but if they get too blase about it they could slip up and one slip up and you're gone and in the same vein you've got the um jordan knights be a dark horse in the final they're potentially they've been so up and down um but yeah if they perform like they did against the dragons they've got a great chance and um yeah with the nrl trying to get bigger crowds i think they're they're definitely gonna um, have a lot of fan support, um, especially if they get to play in Newcastle play for Newcastle. a bit. Yeah. yeah. It'd be a long time since the Knights have sort of um, lifted the trophy, be back to back in the Johns days, would it? Or have they yeah. lifted it in between? Not in between. It, it hasn't been since Johns was there. Yep. Yeah. Right. And finally, Simon's just also raised another team out of um, out of the out of the, the uh, Queensland crop. The Brisbane bro- I'll get it out. The Brisbane <laughs> Bombers. Yeah, so that was um that was originally what everyone thought was going to happen, that the Brisbane Bombers were going to take it. And um I think it's still the strongest case as well. Um it's just going to come down to dollars and cents, really, I think, and whoever has the best pitch. Yeah, right. So they'll look at the whole, not just the team, but the whole package in terms of the venues that they could play out of and what they yeah. bring to the table in terms of, I suppose, their supporter groups as well. Yeah, definitely. And um, I'm sure whichever team in Brisbane gets picked, I think they're going to have a few fans that will jump ship from the Broncos. <laughs> Especially if they get a wooden spoon. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, that's what we have in the uh, chat rooms at the moment. So um, I'll, uh, I suppose we'll have a quick review out of that um, after you've had a look at this week's games coming up and see if there's yeah. anything else popped up. And to the guys awesome. in there, yep, keep throwing those questions and comments in there, and um, we'll have a quick um, view and see if there's anything we can have chat about um, after the yeah. preview for this week. Cool. Yeah, definitely. I'll leave you to it. Cool. Thank you. All right. So we'll start the round 20 preview for Thursday night. We've actually got the Broncos paying $2.05 against the Cowboys, um, paying one seventy seven. Uh, like we just mentioned, I don't think the Broncos are going to get another win. So I've actually picked the Cowboys in this one. Um, hopefully, I guess for both sides, it's an actual exciting encounter. And um, it's Darius Boyd's last game. So um, well, no, I think he actually missed the game. Sorry. So, um, yeah, I'm going Cowboys. I think they go, they've got just a little bit more in the tank than the Broncos do right now. And uh, Friday's first game is the Titans playing the Knights at CBS Super Stadium. Uh, Titans are paying two thirty-five to the Knights, dollar sixty. Um, the Knights, I've picked them. I know the Titans. Every time I go against them, they 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 get an upset for me. So um, yeah, I'm going with the Knights. The Knights want to have a home final, so they're going to want to win here. And I think there's um, there's just a bit more on the line for them, and they'll they'll respond in kind. Last game on Friday is the Rabbitohs paying the Roosters. Uh, the Roosters, well, they're they're resting everybody as well. Um, Rabbitohs are going to rest a few players too. I think the Roosters are still going to be too strong. They already showed this week that without some key players, they can um, wipe teams off the park. So, um, and yeah, the Rabbitohs, they'll want to bounce back from their loss to the Bulldogs, but uh, bouncing back against the Roosters is a real hard thing to do. First game on Saturday sees the Bulldogs playing the Panthers. Uh, Panthers should get this win. I know they're going to rest some players, uh, but they should still beat a Bulldogs team that um, showed they've got some fire in the belly uh, against the Rabbitohs. But yeah, they shouldn't beat the Panthers. Um, be upset of the year, really, if the the Panthers' winning streak is um, stopped by the fifteenth place team in the comp. The second game on Saturday sees the Sharks playing the Raiders. Um, Raiders are resting some players too, but the Sharks without Chad Townsend, without Sean Johnson, I don't see them being able to do it. Um, Raiders showed that you know they can come back from um, a deficit against the Warriors. I think 
to be honest, I think if the Warriors were playing the Sharks this week, the Warriors would get the win over them as well. So yeah, Raiders, Raiders are my pick. Last game on Saturday shows um, the Tigers are playing the Eels. Um, last game for Benji and Chris Lawrence. So I hope the Tigers come out fighting, but the Eels, I think, are just going to be too strong. Um, hopefully, they've they've toned down a bit of their trying to trying to throw the ball around like they did last week, and they if they can tighten that up, they're going to be a hard team for the Tigers to compete against. So yeah, Eels for me. Um, first game on Sunday sees the Warriors play Manly. Um, I'm going with the Warriors here. They're they're the underdogs, um, paying two twenty five. But I think um, the Seagulls they're not looking good without Tom Trevojevic as well. It's going to be hard. Um, Warriors obviously they don't have Roger Tuivasa-Shek this week, but Peter Hiku's going back to fullback and um, he's done pretty well for himself when he's been thrown out the back there. So um, yeah. Warriors for me here and um, ending their season on a high, fingers crossed. Uh, last game of the round sees the Dragons play the Storm. Um, Storm are basically playing all their reserve graders that haven't played a lot. Um, but like I said in that Dragons game against the Knights, the Dragons already look clocked off, so I don't see them being able to compete here. Um, Australian TABs actually got them as the favourites here, paying $1.80. But, yeah, Storm for me. I think regardless that they don't have their players, they're going to be too strong. So, yeah, going over my my picks again, um, I've got the Cowboys, the Knights, the Roosters, the Panthers, the Raiders, the Eels, the Warriors, and the Storm. Um, Hopefully I get better than six out of eight this week, and um, I'll get hold of Sanjay and see who he's picking and um, see if he's got any different ideas. And um, before we get back into questions, if there are any, I'll just go over the overseas news. So Super League, uh, a government minister has actually ruled out fans returning to matches this month, which is a huge blow for clubs after the, a recent COVID spike in the UK. Um, yeah, a bit disappointing there, but with, with COVID, how it is, kind of expected it um, as soon as I heard about the spike. Um also, with that, round 14 games have been moved around with all games being played over three nights at four different grounds. AJ Bell Stadium is going to have two games where they're having Salford versus Warrington and the Wigan Warriors versus South, uh, sorry, St. Helens. And then John Smith Stadium will be hosting Huddersfield versus Hull KR and Emerald Headingland Stadium is going to host Leeds versus Catalan. So... A bit of a shift. It's probably been hard for for the Super League fans um, with the chopping and changing of the season, but COVID's just um, such. It's impacted the world as as we all know, and um, hopefully, once it's out um, into a bit more safer area, we can get some um, crowds back in the UK. Um, on the women's side of things, Telstra's actually secured the naming rights for the NRL Women's Premiership for the next three years, which is good for um, for Telstra. It's a, a exciting competition, I think, and I hope in the future they actually extend it out and have a few more teams and um, make a, a bit of a longer competition. Um, Warriors side of things, they've actually managed to lure the Jillaroos 5'8", Kira Dib, to join, the, um, join them for the 2020 campaign. Um, obviously we mentioned in a previous episode that Jill Roos coach Brad Donald's taken the gig this year due to the fact that the, the Warriors coach couldn't come over from Australia, from New Zealand to Australia for the time. And, um, she was really good for the Roosters last year. And I think she's a great addition. They also managed to beat out the Broncos to sign, um, Australian seven star, um, Elia Green. She's labeled as one of the best, um, players in the rugby seven circuit and is going to be a welcome addition to the side so um warriors um women's team might have a good chance of taking the title for the first time which would be great to see and so yeah that's really it for the show so let's go back into some questions ashwin if we've got any yeah we have got a few more that have popped in but yeah that's um having followed the the seven circuit yeah be a pickup of elia green is uh that's a massive one actually obviously with the Seven circuit in hiatus mode. Um, she's looking for opportunities to play, and that's a great pickup. Yeah, definitely. I think they said um, a key with her was um, 
the quarantine restrictions if she joined the Broncos compared to the the Warriors in Sydney. Right. So um, that was what kind of got her over the line, which is a, a good thing. But I haven't seen a lot of her in the sevens. But um, from what I have seen, she looks like a talent. Well, she's basically she's got everything, especially for league. She's I think she's well suited because she's got she's actually got a lot of power. It's a very powerful mm. player, but she's got pace as well. Um, yeah. So you know she'll break tackles and then basically be able to accelerate out of tackles that she's broken. So no, I think that'll be a, a great ad for the team. So. Yeah, but uh, coming along to a couple of comments or questions out of there, is Simon's um, picks, which from what I can tell, look pretty f- um, similar to yours. What you what you're going for? I don't th- see anything that's uh, unless you pick up something that uh, uh, is different he, to yours. He he's going by my fact that I always get the Titans wrong, so um, <laughs> he's picked the Titans there, and I'll probably yep. get that one wrong, like I always do. So yeah, um, well, yeah, there. well. We'll get Simon has to come back next week and just um, let her sort of confirm how well he went compared to Brad's picks. Um, well, Simon, again, with the um, Toronto, Toronto Wolfpack, um, and find out if they're allowed to sign um, to play next year. Uh, what, what are you hearing about the Wolfpack? What's happening there? Yeah, I haven't heard too much. Um, Simon's kind of my go-to with the, the Wolfpack news. So, um, yeah, we, they've... They've got to make a decision, um, as I said, by the end of the week, um, especially with players like Sonny Bill and that that are still contracted with them. So they really need to say, yep, we're back, so they can make sure he comes back to them and doesn't stay with the Roosters. Yep. Uh, um, and, and, yeah, Sonny, Sonny Bill getting lucky, being able to draw on two, uh, two salary um, packets at the moment. Yeah, double dipping. Yeah. <laughs> And um, I hope I get um, the ne- um is sort of uh, just asking your thoughts on Paul Turner and why he hasn't been given a go since his debut uh, against the Doggies. And apologies if I've pronounced your name horribly wrong. Um, yeah, so um, Todd Payton actually had an interview um, with um, Darcy Watergrave and he was asked that question. He said that after his debut against the Dogs, um, he was quite gassed because he hadn't played all year because there's no reserve grade. And um, they made the decision to not throw him out there in this game and um, potentially ruin his confidence and said that they see him as a, a future talent for them and didn't want to throw him throw him out there again um, under seasoned. So they decided to go with Peter Hicku, who's been playing all year. So um, it wasn't a slight on his talent. It was more on a... He hasn't had a lot of game time, isn't match fit yet, and um, didn't want to. We've seen all year players that aren't match fit are getting injured. The last thing you want to do is injure the young kid in the very last game of the year. Right. Um, Simon, again, is actually just obviously with the Super League uh, being dependent on the league crowds. And um, yeah, that, that's an interesting one thing. A lot of um, sporting organizations with no crowds. Um, yeah. So basically, it's going to impact some clubs going forward, isn't it? And we're probably going to – I wouldn't be surprised if we lose some. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a big chance there. Um, yeah, they they rely heavily, heavily on crowds, especially for your revenue. Um, we've seen it in the NRL as well. They, they've got little crowds, but um, all teams are kind of taking a bit of a loss at the moment. And, yeah, mm. Super League's – they're competing with so many big sports over there. They need those crowds to make that money. Yep. So um, – yeah, but unfortunately, it's the world we live in right now. So um, Nigel Phillips, actually, just just something coming, harking back to our Panthers discussion. Uh, Bulldogs playing the Panthers. Do you think a loss by the Panthers would affect their playoffs? Um, I don't think so. I I still don't see it happening. But they've they're resting some players, and um, if there is an upset win, it'll be the story story of the year. The Bulldogs beating. Um, the Panthers, and it, it will take a hit to their confidence, but um, it could actually make them scary. It could be a bit of a wake-up call that they're not as great as they, they always think they are, and they might come back stronger. So, I yeah, but I just don't see the Bulldogs doing it, unfortunately. But it would be a hell of a story. Well, this is like you can't even call them the Chocolate Soldiers anymore because they don't wear brown. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, moving on, moving on. Bobby Kirby is um, just uh, sort of, yeah, the Sharks' chances now with a massive loss of Sean Johnson. They're gone. 
you're gone. They go <laughs> there, sums it up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, they'll get in playoffs. They'll get Chad Townsend back from a suspension, but um, and he's he's a great player and he's great at leading them around the park. But Johnson gives them that spark, and um, yeah, without that spark, I don't see them doing that well, especially if they they're up against one of those top tier teams that we're seeing right now. That they're not going to have a chance, unfortunately, for them. How, how do you think Sean Johnson's gone um, with the Sharks? Obviously, after leaving the Warriors, um, you know, I had a mate of mine who was—he's he's a massive league fan and Warriors and that—but he used to get frustrated because he only felt that Sean Johnson could play one side of the ruck uh, or is effective on one side of the ruck. Do you think that's changed, or have the Sharks utilised him and the skill set that he brings as opposed to trying to get him to do everything? Um. Last year, I don't think he was that great. This year, he's been amazing for them. Um, he is He's developed his game a bit more, kind of what we were used to here. I think the biggest problem for him here was he'd get thrown the ball and get told, okay, do, do it. something. Do something with it. And um, he's got a few more players with the Sharks around him that are willing to, to help him with that. Chad Towsing obviously helps a lot, but... He's taken a bit more of a leadership role where before he was kind of, you never saw him as a leader at the Warriors. He was just that spark that would work. But he's been doing a lot of um, directing the team like a half should. And um, he's grown as a footballer this year, um, which is why it's it's heartbreaking to see him go out before the finals. So He does get quite a few injuries, doesn't he? Because last year, I believe, he was hampered. I mean, like, you know, the move to the Sharks, but he had some injuries that sort of compounded yeah. the sort of fitting in. And then he's now, now it's sort of like Achilles is gone. So he, he sort of has got a bit of a injury history. Yeah. His, his legs don't seem to like to go as fast as he does. So um, <laughs> he has a lot of problems there. Um, I don't know how you fix that. Um, I've obviously never had that, that problem because I never found, found pace. So, um, <laughs> I, yeah, I don't know what I don't I know, know what, what it's mean. like to be fast and get hurt. Yeah, so. I don't know what it's like to be fast either. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I could think fast, but my body couldn't execute it <laughs> exactly. So, um, yeah, hopefully, I think his, his biggest goal for next year would be to, to make sure he lasts the whole season without oh, an injury. Yeah, and uh, just our final question that we've got in there is in terms of Tavita Harris's future at the Warriors. Do you see him moving to standoff position? How will they? How will he be uh, utilized? Yeah, I guess it all depends on who's going to be in the halves with him. If um, if Cody Nikarima is still there, he's probably still going to be a seven. But yeah, I could see him being a standoff. I think that probably will suit his play a bit better. But that will only happen if they get a legitimate um, halfback coming in that will take that number seven role and run with it. Cool. And uh, Nigel's just popped in a question here in terms of uh, with the uh, – do you think the Warriors should uh, sign Sean Johnson back again and bring him home? Oh, I wouldn't say no. Um, I don't know. I don't know if he would come back. I know there was a bit of a bit of bad blood between him and the club when he left. Mm. That's all – that all appears to have subsided, but I don't know if he would actually come back. Um, and, and, and yeah. effectively, Cameron George is still there, right? So, I mean, like, who he left under. So yeah. I, I couldn't see somebody coming back to the CEO that actually released him. Yeah, I think, mm. yeah. I think if, if it was a new CEO and a, a new – all that side of things, I think he'd come. But, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And I, I want to see what Cody Nicarima and um, Tavita Harris do. Or Harris Tavita, I should say. I always get his name wrong. Um, <laughs> what they do, especially behind such a big pack that they're going to have next year, if um, if they've got the forwards doing that hard work, they should be able to play a lot better and build their their combination. And I think once if they can get that going, I don't think people will be looking about Johnson anymore. So are the Warriors actually going to end up with the like a big forward pack next year? Because you know one of the things that the Australian commentary teams in particular have always gone on about how big the Warriors forward pack is, and in reality, actually, it's smaller than the opposition. And uh, but that, that doesn't seem to stop them saying how big the Warriors forward. So are the Warriors forward pack actually going to be big like next year? Yeah, they've got some big boys now. So um, Fenua Blake's a big boy. Um, ben Murdoch Masilla, who they've signed from Warrington, he's um, 
another big boy he he actually plays with Fanua Blake for Tonga um so you got those two um Tanoa Brown who was it was his first year with the club this year very young but very big Tohu Harris um is a giant um so they've got a lot of big players and then they're going to have little Jazz Tavanga who's going to be the little midget in the group um but he he plays well above his weight as well so um their forward pack is looking a lot better yeah, right. And, and the Fox commentary team will be hoping that there's lots of names that they can pronounce properly. Yeah, we're, we're <laughs> going to be the, the hyphenated team. We're, I think we're going to have <laughs> six or seven with hyphenated names now. All right. Well, that's what we've got in the um, old chat rooms at the moment. Um, yeah, unless somebody wants to put it through a final final question or comment through and that we can uh, fire off at Brad. But it uh, looks like it's all we're all done and dusted there. Looks like they're all done and dusted. Well, thanks everyone. Um, thank you for tuning in tonight on New Zealand Sports Radio's show, The Standoff, with Brad and um, Ashwin tonight. Um, for your weekly update on rugby league, uh, tune into our podcast um, on Facebook or on iHeartRadio. Just search for New Zealand Sport Radio. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Nigel comes in at the end there. Uh, Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 